0: Hello, this is Rabbi Mark Soloway, welcome to A Dash of Drush. weekly reflections on our world through the lens of Torah. Confession, confession, what, what does it mean to confess? I think many of us when we think of confession, the first image that comes is someone going to confession a priest. Not something that we associate with the Jewish tradition so much. The idea that uh, we see many images of it in in movies. The confession box and forgive me father for I have sinned. But confession is a deeply Jewish concept too. Vidui. Vidui is the the word that we use for confession and there's a confession um, that some say. Um, every, every day at certain times of year, and some say um, on their deathbed. There's an idea of confessing in our last moments in this world, confessing. And of course, most of us associate it more than anything else with Yom Kippur, with the liturgy of Yom Kippur, because that vidui in different forms is what punctuates. How Yom Kippur service more than anything else the Vidui, the confession there is in some Hasidic uh, literature notably in Rabbi Nachman of Bratslav, the great-grandson of the Baal Shem Tov who, who does talk about the idea that it's very powerful to go to a tzaddik to go to the, the righteous person or the leader in the community and confess there's something about verbal confession because Vidui Is supposed to be an act of verbal confession. Do we pay? Like confessing actually with our mouths, with our lips. But what's going on internally when we do the confession? That's the real real question. What does it mean to have a a day? This incredible, incredible 25-hour that we're entering this Friday night and Saturday, Shabbat, uh, Yom Kippur. Yom Kippur is known uh, in Aramaic as Yomah which just means the day this is the day and a big part of the day is is this confession this Vidui there's different forms of it there's the alphabetical acrostic Ashamnu Bagadnu Gazalnu Dofi which is a, a list of ways in which we've uh, abused and been cruel and used our words um, inappropriately uh, not so specific they're all different words that kind of talk about a litany of, of ways in which we've um, transgressed that we want to confess for and then there's the al and the al says al shechatanu lefanecha for the hate for the ways in which I've missed the mark but actually it's in the plural so the ways in which we have missed the mark al-cheit for the sin that we have sinned before you. And then there's a whole list of specific ways in which we've missed the mark, which is really what the word chit, which we usually translate or often translate as sin, really means, missing the mark. It's actually a term that comes from archery, literally, missing the mark. The ways in which we've missed the mark, and some of them have been with our careless speech, and some of them have been with hearts that are not sure what we're doing and some of them being with our bodies in other ways, with that legs that are willing to run and, and spread gossip and do evil and, you know, our hands. Because we're human, you know. There's a few things that are really striking about this this process. One is, as I mentioned, the the plural nature of it. The idea of, of Yom Kippur is that we are really Alone together We are alone together We are there really So on our own journey through this Of course no one can know What's in our own hearts No one can know what we are Confessing for Except ourselves And yet we're also Deeply in community The fact that we say <laughs> That we have collectively The things that we have collectively done There's no way if we go through that list The list, the specific list um, Of of the al-cheyts, of the the, the sins There's no way that any one of us can have done Each of those things There's no way But perhaps collectively as a community we have And so there's that sense that we're covering up for each other There's a sense in which Kippur Atonement is about the ways in which we, we cover up for each other We support each other as a community There's something about excessive shame That's not really such a healthy <laughs> um, paradigm, you know But there's something about collective shame That we can together take responsibility For the ways in which we've, uh, we've messed up And we all have That's powerful one of, one of the ones that always gets to me every time we go through this list on Yom Kippur is is for the sin that we have committed before you which literally means for for verbal confession but of course it, what it really means is, is literally paying paying lip service we're saying the words but it's not really coming from a place in our heart because the real essence of the real essence of this kind of teshuva and the importance of the confession that accompanies the process of teshuva is that it's coming from a place of sincerity and authenticity we're not just you know beating our chests i'll say more about that in a moment but we're not just beating our chests and saying words and thinking that we're going to be somehow absolved of everything and go into our year with a clean slate no it's more, it's more complex than that, and it's more real than that. In chapter nineteen of uh, the wonderful book, <laughs> Einstein and the Rabbi, Rabbi Naomi Levy's book that I've been reading and have mentioned in my last two podcasts, she she talks about this incredible dream that she once had, where she's with a group of people, and they're asking her, what's the what's the real meaning. of um, of Yom Kippur what's Yom Kippur really all about is, is happening in this dream and she's not prepared in any way and in her dream she finds herself saying Yom Kippur comes down to just two themes and I will remove your heart of stone and I will give you a heart of flesh I will remove your heart of stone and I will give you a heart of flesh and second and she says, I see all the people leaning forward waiting expectantly to hear the second theme and I'm also curious, she says to hear what's going to come out of my mouth in this dream and second, she says and I will remove your heart of stone and I will give you a heart of flesh it's very powerful and I think that is the essence the essence of Yom Kippur is this idea like how can we possibly as you know, we're not, we're not wicked people, we're not evil sinners, we're all people, we're humans, and, and the, 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 the reality of being human is that we make mistakes. For most of us, it's not willful, we're not intentionally trying to harm people, we come from places of hurt. And what is the essence, what is the real root of those places of hurt? It's because our hearts have been like stone, we've not been able to feel. The world around us with compassion. We've not been able to, to see and hear the, the cries of those who, who need us. And in our own stone-heartedness, we have been cruel and we've hurt others. That's the nature, the nature of being a human being. And so this idea, this powerful, powerful image of turning a heart of stone into a heart of flesh is really what Vidui is about I think if we really hear ourselves confessing sincerely then there's a softening that happens there's a, a softening that happens that opens our hearts and transforms our hearts it's so interesting to me that when, when we do these verbal confessions both the ashamnu bagadnu that uh, alphabetical acrostic and the the long list of Of individual sins for which we confess together in community The tradition is to take our right hand And um, tap our hearts while we're saying this Now, I always thought this was a sort of act of self-flagellation, you know That we're beating ourselves up for being bad people We're hitting ourselves on the chest, you know Chest-thumping to say, we are so bad, we have to be better But I can't see it like that anymore. And I think it's really about taking a very loose fist and tapping our hearts as if to say, heart, I know there have been times this year when you've been been like a stone, but please just, I'm lovingly tapping you so that you can become flesh, soft and open and vulnerable and able to see and feel and hear the world around me in a deeper and more sensitive way, I remember years ago when i when I was learning a little bit about doin, which is a Japanese form of of self massage self massage do in and doin is where we take um, that a loose fist and we, we we tap all of the meridians, all of the energy lines that go through our body. And by doing that, we're sort of allowing the uh, energy to flow through, creating a sense of healing. And tapping around the heart, of course, is, is a way of sort of opening our, our heart center for a more healthy circulation on a physical and um, physiological level, but really emotionally, there's something about that tapping. So that's how I see it. We take a, a gentle, loose, loving fist and we tap our hearts we say please please heart heart of stone as you have been at some points become a heart of flesh so that we can be so much more loving to ourselves to the people around us to our community so that we can just feel in a deeper way with a heart of flesh so i think that's really the essence the essence i think um Nami Levy has it has it spot on. The two themes (laughs) the two themes of Yom Kippur are about that stone heart becoming a heart of flesh and the tools that we have to do that on this powerful day where we fast. And by the way, some people will get every year I get asked about what what Yom Kippur, you know, from a more legal perspective, a halachic perspective, what 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 are the restrictions and there are a few of them. There's the idea of not, not eating and drinking, not uh, washing or bathing, not anointing ourselves with oils, not wearing leather shoes, and not um, engaging in, uh, in intimate um, physical relationships. And so those, those things are all about really taking us out of the body and the body's needs because Yom Kippur is a day for the soul. As well as being a day of softening our hearts, it's a day for the soul. We don't need to be on the level of the body. If we're really taking Yom Kippur as a, as a spiritual day, as well as an emotional day, we don't need to be in the physical realm. It's a day where, according to the, the mystics, we, we become like the angels. We become like the angels on Yom Kippur. It's the highest, the highest holiest day of the year. And uh, we we do that in a sense by transcending our physical needs, our physical needs, whether in terms of uh, appetites, both both what we want to eat and drink and sexual appetites and the idea of making ourselves kind of um, comfortable. In the Torah, it's all about inui nefesh, which is about afflicting our soul, which is such an odd concept. and, And there's a whole... A whole discussion in the Talmud about what that really means. How do, we, how do we afflict our soul? And there's all different theories about what it might mean. But the ones that they came down to were the ones that I just mentioned. And so it, it's not there to make us, I don't believe, like suffer, really. It's not a day for suffering. It's a day for transcending and a day for connecting to the more deeper aspects of who we are. So the greeting for Yom Kippur is Gamah tovah. may we have a, a complete sealing sealing not as in a roof a sealing like <laughs> S-E-A-L may we be sealed in the book of life and the way in which we hope to achieve that is through these emotional and spiritual tools of transcending our physical realm and softening our hearts through this process of vidui confession may we be sealed signed and sealed in that book of life for such a good year and a year of healing and redemption Amen, Amen Thank you for listening to a dash and drush. we will see you next time